stumbled upon an opportunity. I can make you rich. Rich enough to impress a princess. What would I have to do? There's a cave of wonders. Bring me the lamp. Summons me. I stand by my oath. Loyalty to wishes three. I'm kidding. Watch this. Watch out. Uh, you done wound me up. You ain't never had a friend like me. Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in make me a prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Y'all see my palace? You look like a prince on the outside. But I didn't change anything on the inside. Showtime. No, I'm in charge, okay? I say when it's time. Really? I thought a princess could go anywhere. Not this princess. Do you trust me? So the question for us this morning, 2020, January, the first month of the year, what are we wishing for? This morning, as we look at this story and we look at this movie and we look at the life of Aladdin, um, what we see here is he wishes he was someone else. Um, in order to capture the girl, that he, he, we get, he gets these wishes and he wishes that he is someone else. For us this morning, that um, what we see in our own lives, that um, what we can recognise in this story is that sometimes we project and we hoped and we wish that we're someone else. That um, for the images and the way that we fit in with, say, our work or our school or our friends or however it be, and we look at them and they're like, they're amazing. I wish I was like them. But what does it look like for us that the core of who we are, the identity that we are created in this image that no one else can replicate? So how do we, how do we stay true to that identity of who we are? Um, this morning as we open up this scripture and we open up this um, movie, we look at this idea of um, this message and the, the name that I'm going to title it is Shape Your Identity or It Will Shape You that we have an opportunity and we have this one life, that God has created us. We see that he has created us in his image, each of us uniquely different. What does it look like for our lives to be shaped as we are created originally to be? This morning we're going to open up the scriptures and um, how we see that is the world that we live in. And the surroundings that we find ourselves in, whether it be in our, at our workplace or in our schools or our communities, wherever we find ourselves, that sometimes those external things will want to shape us in a way that actually isn't true to who we are. 
So then how do we live out this, this life, this identity of what we're called to in a world um, that may want to shape us? And how do we stay true to that identity of who we are? We're going to take a moment and have a look at another clip from the movie. Bring me the rough, but never a diamond. Take them away. Take them away. My vizier, perhaps this diamond in the rough does not exist. He is out there. Who has heard of that phrase, diamond in the rough? Anyone heard of that? This idea of this rough, rugged exterior, um, but there is great value within that. Um, over here with um, the historian, with Aladdin himself, that um, we find that he is that diamond in the rough, that um, Jafar identifies that he is the guy, the one that can go in the cave, the one that can get the lamp, that he is the guy. And this diamond in the rough, this phrase here is what we um, see in his life is that whilst he is his street rat and he goes out and him and his um, partner in crime, Abu the monkey, that they go about and they're stealing things and, and they're grasping things to be able to eat for their day, that this one scene that he, they're about and they're doing all that and they're, they're stealing, they've got these, this bag of these dates and um, he turns the corner and he goes around and um, he sees this lady and with her child and over here, he, he, he sees that they're in need. He sees that they've got no food, that they've got nothing to eat. And so what he does with these, this bag of dates, the food that he has now got, that he quickly hands that over. He sees they're in need and he, he hands that to them. This idea that with this exterior, as people um, know him as one that goes about and steals and gra grabs things that are not his own, Yet inside there is a great value and he sees a need and he meets that and he, he is able to help this other family. In um, Philippians 1 verses 6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That maybe yourself you might be able to identify that, you know, there are some rough edges in my life. There are some things in my life, things that I do, things that I say, things that I can identify with that seem a little bit rough in me. This diamond in the rough, um, as we look at a natural a diamond itself and its natural um, state when you get that, it is rough, it is jagged, you can't see the value within it until it gets into that, the hands of a craftsman who knows how to cut who knows how to smooth over, who knows how to um, get that, they call it this abrasive rub, that brings it to the value of what it's created for. That our experiences sometimes, you know, the way that we've been brought up, the things that we've experienced, maybe past hurts and pains, that those kinds of things can, if we allow them, to be able to be built up over our lives in order that it will start shaping us in a way that we weren't originally created for. 
It might keep us protected, might keep us reserved, might keep us held back in that protection mode. That um, our lives, that over here, what it says, that what the work that Christ has begun in our lives, that he will complete it. You know, these, these areas where maybe there's layers that you identify that have been built up in your life, that you've allowed them to shape you a little bit differently than what you were before. Have now you're starting to talk a little bit differently. You're being a little bit cautious. You're, you're talking um, not like you were prior to an experience. That, that confidence that what we have is that Christ is at work in each and every one of us, that he has begun his work and the confidence is that he is not completed yet and that he will keep going until completion. Um, I had an experience where, as a teenager where we had this four-by-one relay and um, as you everyone aware of the relay, you know, the baton changing and yeah, there was four of us and it was a four-by-100-metre relay and so we're off and we, we started the race and things were going good. We're looking like um, a clear first to win this race and, you know, the baton change one went and that was great. Baton change two went and um, it wasn't as great. The, the baton dropped. And um, clearly we did not win that race on that. It was, it was terrible. We didn't win. But what I recognise is the girl that dropped that baton, we went into that race, that first race, that it was, we were confident, we were excited, we were ready for that race. The following year, the same team, we were, we were the same team and we were getting ready for that next race. What was different in this girl where she was a bit more anxious, she was worried about dropping it again, she was concerned about letting down the team, she had all the, she was almost not even going to run the race, the coach talked her into being a part of it. Sometimes our experiences, be it dropping the baton, being hurt, having a painful experience, can sometimes layer upon us and cause us to be a little bit differently, can our actions are a little bit different as a result of what we've been in. The confidence that we have that Christ is at work in us and through the experiences that we have, that those things don't need to have or build up in our lives that will shape us into someone that we're not that we can allow his work and his hand and, and his, um, he, yeah, his work in us to be able to smooth off those edges, to be able to cut and trim and, and work in us, that we'll become more and more Christ-like, that we'll become that created image in who he has created us for, that we'll be able to live out of that the work that he has done, that he will be able to finish those works. We're going to take a moment. We'll see another clip from the movie. It's so beautiful. I should get out more. You should tell the princess to get out more. The people haven't seen her in years. They won't let her. Ever since my... the queen was killed... The Sultan's been afraid, so she's kept locked away. Seems everyone's been afraid since then. But the people of Agrabah had nothing to do with that. The people loved her. 
They did, didn't they? <coughs> Is this yours? It's kind of borrowed. My mother taught me that song. Mine too. That's all I remember of her. And what about your father? I lost them both when I was young. Been on my own ever since. It's all right, it's just... What? It's a little sad. Having a monkey is the only parental authority in your life. <laughs> we get by. Every day I just think things will be different, but it never seems to change. Just sometimes I feel like I'm... Trapped. Like you can't escape what you were born into? Yes. Whether we have a lot, we see contrasting pictures here of having a lot, being in a palace, having servants, having everything you need. To someone who doesn't have a lot, set up his home in a place that doesn't belong to him, that both sides, both feeling those same feelings of feeling trapped, whether they had enough or not, it was regardless of that. They were feeling like they weren't content in where they were at. In Philippians 4, it says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learnt to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learnt the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As um, the Apostle Paul here writes this, that he is writing from this place of not an income that is guaranteed coming in, that he is going to be set up with uh, funds coming in where he can um, provide for all the needs that he has. He's going about doing God's work, and what he's reliant on is the support of the churches, being able to um, donate stuff to him to be able to provide what he needs. So he writes from this place of, I know what it it's like to have a lot and to have less, to be in abundance and to be in need. And he says, I have learnt to be content. So what does it look like for us to be able to be in that space, to learn whether we're in a have a lot or not, to be content in who we are? <coughs> the great Australian way is sometimes we can sit back and say, oh, she'll be right. But that's not being content. What does it look like? to be in a place to be content in every season. When I was looking that up, it was this idea of, as we look at our identity, as we look at who we are, as we look at shaping that, part of that is being content with who you are, to be able to accept who you are, whether you have dropped a baton and, and failed a race or whether you are doing well, what does it look like to accept that person that you live with 24 hours a day? to be able to say that I'm okay to be Michelle and I accept that person, the one that you talk to constantly throughout that whole day, to not want to be the person on your left as amazing as they are or the person on the right, but to accept who you are, to be content in who you are or to be kind to that person 
Sometimes when I make a mistake, I am brutal on myself. I'm like, why did you say that? Why did you do that? What, 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 what? And it can be so harsh on myself. What does it look like to be kind to yourself when, you know, things don't go the way you plan, where things, um, where you made a mistake or said the wrong thing? We learn from that. But what does it look like to be able to be kind to yourself in that, to be able to be that best friend to yourself? I'm easier and um, when someone else is doing something to me and they've maybe made a mistake or done the wrong thing, it's often easier to be kind to an external person than it is for yourself. That identity that shapes that person that we are, what does it look like to accept who we are in that? And that contentment and that as we be in that place of being content, accepting of who we are, kind to who we are, being your best friend, what we start to see is contentment will start to reshape how we see things. That contentment will start to reshape our perspective. That we now start not looking at what we don't have, but we start appreciating what we do have. That the family that we have, whilst on school holidays and kids are bouncing off the walls, what does it look like to be grateful that that amazing child that I've got, a gift that I have? It starts to change our perspective on how we start seeing things. Being content within ourselves to be able to um, be accepting of ourselves, it can be Sometimes quite hard. Does anyone else have difficulty in that? When you start, um, you, you see those things that you've done wrong and you're like, I shouldn't have done that. What does it look like to say it's okay? I've learnt from it and we move on. We're going to look at another clip. I'm kidding. Watch this. Alibaba, he had them 40 feet. Shahrazadi had a thousand tails. But master, you're in luck because up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now, heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch pizzazz. Yeah, and how all you gotta do is rub that lamp, and then I'll say, Mr. Man, what's your name? Whatever, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, I'll jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. Life is your restaurant, and I'm your mate today. Come whisper to me whatever it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> Just want to watch the movie, don't we? Aladdin here had three wishes. He come from a place where he has seen people hungry. He has seen a lack. He has experienced a lack of um, finances and things in his own life. What he wishes for, and the first wish he wished for, was to be someone else. That shaping of his identity, the, the person that he, he is, that he's like, I want to be someone else. I want to be Prince Ali. That wish, that for each one of us, what are we wishing for? That to be someone else is what um, Aladdin was wishing for here. 
and our identity that constantly comes up against different situations that reflects to us, are we accepting of ourselves or do we want to be someone else? In America last year, 2018, they spent $16.5 billion on cosmetic surgery. Just different things, doing different stuff. Our identity is constantly up against different images, what we're looking at, how we're trying to fit in. How does it look for us to be accepting of who we are, to be able to live out of that place of how we have been created. In Hebrews 11 verse 1 it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Our identity that is found in Christ Jesus, that for each one of us that we are found in him, that we are created in him, What do we wish for? What do we ask for? What are we hoping for in 2020? That Christ, as he is working in us, that he is completing his work through us. In your life, what are you wanting? What are you asking for? What are you you, um, looking at for 2020, for your own life? That as we, we kick off the year, we can start this new year and I always love that idea of a blank page to be able to start a year and see like what is it going to write what does 2020 look like what am I asking there might be goals that you've already set and like I want to achieve these things for myself that we get to be in this fresh start of this fresh new year to be able to hope for and dream of and to be able to ask for things that are not yet seen where faith will rise, where we believe in God for different things, that in our own lives, in the circumstances of our life, that we will see God move. Can I invite you all to stand as we, we finish up today? And I'd love to pray for us and I'll invite the team up. I was about 10 years old, I, I think thereabouts, and I was out the backyard from a family of six and... It was around Christmas time and my mum would always take my eldest brother to go Christmas shopping. As you can imagine, as a parent taking six kids, I appreciate that more now. But at that time, I remember standing out the backyard and just looking up and I'm like, starlight, star bright, the first star I see tonight. I wish that day, I wish I'm bright. I wish my dream comes through tonight. I'm like, I wish that I can go shopping and get a stamp pad. And I got it. I was very happy, very happy. I still love pens and ink and stamps. But as a 47-year-old, standing in in here with a journey of knowing God in a greater, deeper way, what am I hoping for for 2020? In my life, that God will work through, that God will move through my life. And I ask you the same question, that what are you hoping God would do through your own life? That for 2020, that the, pl- the page is blank. What do you want? What do you ask for? What are you believing for? What do you have faith for? I'd love to pray for us that maybe this morning there might be areas in your life where your identity 
has been shaped by your experiences. It has been a little bit like you feel like I've been shrinking back or I've been responding differently as a result of and fill in the blank. But I don't want that to be anymore, that we are created to love and love unconditionally, that we are created that like that diamond that reflects light everywhere. So will our lives reflect the love and the light of Jesus Christ in our world. So I'd love to pray if that's for you, hold your hands out. Says that response that God, this morning I'm putting my trust in you. That for 2020, that I'm believing for and I'm hoping for. Heavenly Father, for every person that, that Lord, you're speaking to their heart. Lord, that there are hopes and dreams that are that are rising up. There are there are areas in their life where they see that that can be chiselled off or smoothed over. We pray by your grace and by your love and by your mercy, Lord, that you would work in our lives. Lord, that we would reflect that light and the love of Jesus Christ into our world. Where we would see our faith grow, Lord God, and believe for the things that are unseen now in January. And that would unfold, Lord, in our 2020 as we trust and believe, Lord God, for those things greater than ourselves, Lord. We commit this year to you. We commit our lives to you. We commit our ways to you, that you would work in in our lives and through our lives, that we would have an impact in this world, that we would have an impact, Lord God, for you. In Jesus' name, amen.